I mean, all's fair in love and war, but the priest murdering people in space kind of was like, what? Uh, <laughs> what? I mean, when enough is enough. Sure. You know, yeah. people go to their breaking point. And break character conventions entirely. Mm. Welcome to the XY Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm worried. <laughs> Wow, that's so crazy. That moment didn't even phase me. Well, that's because you're focused on Kate and she's a murder machine. I love a murder machine. You know it. It's true. I love murder. I that's love murder. That's been, my classic tagline. That's been quoted by Alicia many a time. If that wasn't so sketchy, I might put it on a shirt. <laughs> We're going to talk about comics today, everybody. Pow. Which ones? Let me tell you. Tell me. I must know. We have one Digi and two Tangies. Our Digi is X-Men Unlimited number 126. Ooh. Our Tangies are Wolverine number 43, The Sabretooth War part 3, and Fall of the House of X number 2. Vatox. But before that... What happens? We do the news. The news, 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 news. It's news and it's personal news and statistics as well and questions too. It's news. You make in the people listen to news. X Men ninety seven top of the news obviously took over the day. Took over like blew apart anything that you thought you were doing and let's obsess over this trailer and scrub through it slowly. Very slowly. How many times did you watch the trailer? Did you watch the trailer? Oh, yeah. I watched the trailer multiple times. Uh, like, as you should. The day of, it was like every time it came up in yeah, the social post, I was again. like, yeah, why not? Let's just watch it again. Right. Like, why not? Whispering under my breath at my desk, like, yeah. Yeah. I go. really, the first time I saw it was someone reposted it. And I saw it from, like, you know, the start of the new official trailer on. And then the second time I saw it was on Bo DeMeo's page. And Where, the, the, like, the framing? Yeah, and, like, yeah. the old TV and the end of the last one into the beginning of the next one. And I was, like, Ooh, Seamless, which, right? Like, that was nice. a really interesting. And so many details yeah. to call out. You know, I, I, in video editing, I'll scrub through, which just kind of very slowly go through and screenshot the crap out of it. Because yes, there's yes. just so many details that I wanted to see. The Hellfire Gala, yeah, the Hellfire image on Gala. the Daily Bugle that Magneto's trial, what looks like probably in Paris to call back to X Men mm. Two Hundred, uh, the, the mutant technology, yeah, well, whatever. What I don't know what you call that, okay. but Did step you know? aside, Hot Claws, because that's gonna explode. So I saw that it was the director who came up with that idea. It was like put in Bo's story. He was talking about how. That was in the pitch for directing, like in his animated pitch or whatever he did. I don't know. He put that in there and they liked it so much that they put it in the show. And nice. they said that they will eventually like reveal, like after the show is out and stuff, that will be like a bonus feature of like seeing his pitch for directing the show with that in it. Which oh, it's is probably really like cool. a like an animatic. Yes. Hey, nice. That's really cool. A lot of confirmation on who's in the cast, mm-hmm. the names of the people, the the shifts of some characters. So some yes. characters are, some voice actors are returning to the show, but not in the roles they were originally cast as mm-hmm. in the OG show, which I thought was kind of interesting. No mention of Goblin Queen. No mm-hmm. mention in the cast details. You know, this has sparked wild rumors in several directions. One being like, 
she's Jean. That's Jean. Where you know, did, like, okay, but what do you? Where did you even get the the words Goblin Queen from? Sure, that would be the other direction. Is like, is she even in the show? The only place that we got Goblin Queen is the merchandise, and uh-huh. and, and you could say, oh, of course, it's, it's just the merchandise. Why are you going to follow that? Why are you going to believe that? There's there's one page in particular that is like vehemently opposed to this oh. idea, and like. <laughs> goes off on anyone that thinks that that's Madeline or that Jean takes a dark turn at some time Mm. because she's never referred to in any of the merch. She's never referred to as Madeline, only the Goblin Queen. Yeah. If that's what happens, I would be mad. I would be mad too. I would be mad because don't erase Maddie. Right. I mean, I was talking to Maddie MKM about the fact that you know, that that's literally her whole angle right, exactly. is I'm a real person. Don't erase <laughs> yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like that would be a huge misstep. Don't I don't know if that's going to happen, but I do think that she's going to make an appearance, especially with how heavy loaded Sinister is in the details and the promo and just, you know, the course of comics and, and what that means for the potential of the story and to produce a pop and an action figure for this character. Yeah, you know. I'm like, where'd you get that information? Yet, yet I have the pop. Right. And I have the action figure on pre-order. So like. <laughs> um, I had put, I, you know, during the hype of everything, everyone was posting their X-Men 97 related cosplays. And I was like, well, I don't have one of those. <laughs> so I posted a kitty picture and I said that, you know, like, cool, kind of bummed the kitty's not, not in the show. But like, who is not in the show that you wanted to be in the show? Yep. And some answers, we got Warlock. Which I was like, oh, he's in season five. We just started watching from the beginning. We watched the first five episodes. Uh, Magic. That was me. Yep, that was you. Polaris. And someone said she's in the original. Mm, Cool. Just for an episode. Only a matter of time before Kitty is in there. I don't know. I'd be surprised personally, just based on the history of 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 the X Men. -Men. And Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler's in it. He's in it. Yeah. Well, Adrian Ho. How? Whatever. I'm just uh, letting you know. Those are the answers. He better be well, in there it. There you go. Nightcrawler's in it. There's a figure. There's a actor attached. <laughs> there, there are two things. Two things I want to call it. Uh, a couple of things because there's so many details around it and spinning and. We could do a whole podcast. You just probably on could. Them. You probably yeah. could. And I think, like, like the one thing that I want to get out, is the number of comments that I've seen about people complaining about it being too woke. And, I just want to like. What? Do you? <laughs> Do you know what the X-Men are a metaphor about? But what? Because, like, there are... I just... I I struggle with putting into words how that is... uh, What Missing the point of... Well, so there's... Standing up for their rights against the <laughs> oh Jesus no no literally well, well, that's I mean, the X Men the the thing that's got a lot of people talking about it is morph has been confirmed as non-binary okay and because of the idea that they are a shapeshifter and right. so what is definition and you know that's why does it need to happen why is it in a show why are we talking about this why do people different from me exist and how can yeah. i handle my reality that there are things that i am not maybe because you know inclusion matters sure. and people need to see themselves on screen and i feel like that is the underlying point and right. also just read the history of x-men right, exactly. and, and what they are as a metaphor for the other in society or feeling like you are the other feeling like you are an outcast 
to society. Confused. You know, in terms of representation, that kind of transitions to a second point. I do want to call out Alison Court, who mm-hmm. was the original voice of Jubilee. It was her decision not to reprise the role as Jubilee. So they cast an actor who actually is Asian American. Amazing. Like Jubilee. And then, you know, I, at first I was like, is it the teenager thing? Is it the... Mm ethnicity thing and it is it's it's both it's all of it and so i think that's, that's really that's cool of her. really interesting and cool and another few shifts uh chris porter who used to be gambit is mm-hmm. now going to be cable yes we have a voice actor confirmed for forge oh and and he actually has his name in the credits and that Ooh. was only like some conversational details that have come up i think in the krakoan era daniel lone forge lone oh. eagle interesting yeah. The twists continue. The well, twists March, and turns. March 20th is going to be here before you know it. Yeah, and hopefully we'll finish all five seasons before we get there. We will. <laughs> because I can I can accomplish a binge goal like yeah, yeah. no one else. For sure. <laughs> I Back when it was initially announced, I was like, oh, are we going to watch and talk about the episodes? There's so many people doing that. There's yeah. so many times. That, you know, If you're watching, if you want to watch... I'll, I'll give you a light update as to where we are on social or in these yeah, episodes. Yeah, we do little pop-ins, how we're feeling about it. Yeah, but... and watch along with us, but like casually and yeah. hang out. May solicits. Okay. That was the big thing yesterday. Mm-hmm. All the issue covers Coming at heralding you. in the end, the oh, penultimate man. issues of Krakoa, the... The I I'd imagine the second to last issue of X Men. You're not going to end on 34, but maybe you are. Maybe you are. I was so busy yesterday. I feel like I only saw. There's that one. The one that the, you posted the... that's like all the family photo. That's the only one I think I saw. Oh, that's not even the one that I was talking okay, about. Okay, let me the... go to the page and. Fatox number five, Storm and Cyclops versus Nimrod on the cover. Couple people calling it cover of the year, and I 100% agree. It is amazing. I want it as a poster. It is a classic trope to the Krakoan era, where littered with dead mutants on the floor. Whoa! As these two leaders of mutants, X Men, fight this massive threat. Who is dead? Emma. Everyone. Rogue. Rachel. Magic. Magic Logan. Everyone. Rachel. Kate. Oh my God! Kate is dead. Those are literally this one corner is all all my girls. Emma, Kate, Magic, they're all together. Dead Sink is dead. Is that Captain Britain? That's Nightcrawler. That's Wolverine. The other big cover that I posted was Jean fully phoenixed up in Rotbox, mm. which excited to see that. I did see someone comment or say something like i hope they're not going to be revealing too much with these covers and i feel like that's that like that's exactly what i just thought looking through it of just like so i was talking to john arbach yes and he was talking about the fact that not so much in krakoa but for the next era Mm. how do you solicit what's going to come without ruining what we're currently in the midst of and Mm. i think that that's an interesting conversation i think Part of that will be done by Free Comic Book Day, when we will have that preview story of where we're going, what's to come, general direction, because we haven't heard much else except From the Ashes, which ties us further to Gene getting all phoenixed up. Right. But even that, like, and showing Gene in this, like, full phoenix form... And seeing all these dead X-Men on this other cover, you know, and then like you see the, the last, the other, the third one, which was like the family photo one that I said 
that I had seen yesterday, that one has, you know, very select mutants left over on the cover. Well, I think that one, and even just looking at it, feels like an homage to Jerry's run. Hmm. You look at all the people, all the very, I mean, Havoc left. He's not, (laughs) Iceman's dead, sure. But you had Apocalypse and Sunfire coming through at the end. You had, you know, all of these mutants that were on the teams itself. Not everybody matches with that read on it, but by and by, that is generally what we're looking at. I like the, like, if you look at the kind of, like, parallels side to side, right? So you have Xavier, and then you have Scott and Jean. That's, like, a couple on one side. But then you have Kate and Logan on the other side. Leadership and And mentors. like, Apocalypse and Magneto. Where they should be. Versus, like, Talon and Sync, and then on the other side, Emma and Magic, which, like... yeah. I'm not opposed to if we're coupling That's, people think, up. In the same way that they're not saying that Logan and Kate are. I know. I'm just right. like looking at the parallels across and then But it's forge. also interesting to look at the parallels diagonally. So you want to mm-hmm. look at the leaders of the X-Men initially at Jerry's run and then what became the leaders of the X-Men and you know the, the parallel love stories. And then you look at, I don't really know that there's any mentoring relationship between Emma and Magic, maybe there should be. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know. But then like Polaris and Forge and yep. then Firestar and Sunfire. Hey, guess what? What? Entirely Ooh, too much something. Wolverine. Entirely like I, I'm, too much Wolverine. I'm saying it now. Uh-oh. It's just... If you're saying it, I... what does that mean? We've got the announcement of two new Wolverine minis. Goodbye. I'm done. I'm out. One, our only tie in to Blood Hunt from the Mutants, okay. which, uh, all right, you know, and I, I posted about it yesterday. Warlion had tagged us in a share and a tweet of this Blood Hunt mini. And, you know, I, I felt that this should and could have easily been a follow up to Exterminators. Mm. And yeah, so we were the, just talking about the that. The plot that was Wolverine's Dracula story, like Dracula wants his oh, blood right. to be able to pump. You could easily transfer that story to Laura and then give an emotional reaction to Logan to have to fight right. through and make like that. I just, I get it, but I don't. You right. Know? Okay. Like this, well, you know, I feel really great that I'm not the one saying that this time. But. Well, and it's just, it's just, then I looked at the, and then I like it because the team that's associated with it, but the Deadpool and Wolverine mini that is now likely tying into mm. the movie release or at least promoing the movie release yeah. with Adam Kubert on the cover. Like that's obviously I'm gonna buy that. Right. But you know, it's like, okay, how many how many ongoing Wolverine stories do we need? Because that's that's those two. Yep. That's the finishing of and I know it's his fiftieth year and I know I'm a Wolverine fan, so I really can't be the one that's it's important that I'm the one that's pointing this out. Yeah. I guess would be but it's just it's the Madripoor Knights, the Blood Hunt, World War Three, which is this Deadpool and Wolverine team up, and the Weapon mm-hmm. X Men. That's four different, not including the the title, Wolverine. Oh my God! So five. Five, That's and then and then lot. whenever it relaunches with Greg Capullo oh as the artist gosh. that had been previewed. So in that, what you were saying about Deadpool and Wolverine tying into the movie, Marvel recently posted a bunch of Deadpool comics that mm-hmm. you should read. And I was like, the, should I get should I get invested in the amount of mutants that are in this? Is this some kind of like, hey, hint that- hey read these before the movie because we've got the new mutants, which is his first appearance. Then there's Deadpool Court. Then there's another one 
Then there's Wolverine Origins. Then there's Cable and Deadpool. So that's three. I mean, they're going heavy in the Deadpool. There's this mini that I've been talking about and the new ongoing that seems very separated from the mutant line in that his last ongoing was at least under the banner of mm. and, and pretending to tie into it. I don't know. It's interesting. It's yeah. it's like we're back in the 90s and everything's Wolverine <laughs> and Deadpool. Personal news? Personal news. I have one little bit of personal news. For the first time ever since I've started my comic journey, someone asked me for advice about getting into X-Men comics. And it was my friend Alexis. I made friends with her at Conageddon a few years ago. And we she's local. We chat. And she sent me a message and she was like, hey, I'm trying to get back into comics. And I used to read Avengers, but I really want to read X-Men. And, you know, what's a good place to jump in? And I was like, what? Me? You're asking me, Alicia? I pretty much told her that I love the current run, but that it's coming Sadly to ended. an end and it's highly overwhelming to yeah. say, jump on just, into just start. So I just was like, you Be know, like we're, Greg. Getting, we're getting a reset happening in the next couple of months so maybe that would be a good time to jump in but i was just so excited someone asked me yeah and then also like you know we i know i said one piece but we stop it we launched a bunch of new designs for two public so a bunch of new um shirts or bags or whatever you want to get the designs on two things i want to say one is if you really want to have some of the designs as a smaller like corner image there's two setups of the designs on the page so make sure you're looking for either it says large or small and that'll tell you how big the image is so if, if you want it to be a little more minimal minimalist versus um you know the full graphic tee version and if there's other designs that y'all want me to make small ones for let me know but i wore my shadow dragon which is the name of the sword and dragon shadow cat lockheed inspired look potentially a dnd shirt yeah. as well and my physical therapist yesterday i mean i got a comp- compliments from a bunch of people but my physical therapist of all people when i took my sweatshirt off she went whoa i really like your shirt and i was like oh huh, thank you i designed it and i was like, <laughs> so excited by it it was yeah. so fun what about you what's your personal news my personal news. Well, so we recorded at the top of Snow Day. Yes. And afterwards, I just, I love sometimes when I do something that's like silly and stupid. And like as we were shoveling the driveway, I decided to throw a snowball at Alicia, which. Oh, did not expect it. <laughs> and, and then hid. And then, you know, <laughs> she diffused the situation by saying, let's build a snowman, which was lovely. And it's been actually, it hasn't actually been that long since the last time we built a snowman right. together. But was a ton of fun to just do that throughout the day and also to like it's it's a weird thing but we we finally used our air fryer to make zucchini chips so alicia can't eat potatoes and so we've been exploring what are some other alternatives that would still be a potato chip like thing satisfy that potato the crunch but that was that was just a, a fun day of exploring some leisure things yeah it was a good time are you ready i'm for ready general questions general questions let's <laughs> go oh wait no, no no what's the order i do things in well there's a poll there's a poll let's do yeah. the poll first because that's where we're supposed poll. to go 
Okay. Wolverine and Fatox. Who won and what's the percent? Okay. <clears throat> Fall of the House of X won. Fatox? I'm not saying it. I understand, <laughs> but I hate it. Um, And it won by... 78%. 83. 5% off. Not bad. 17% for Wolverine. That's, I, you I, I should have gone with my gut. Sure. Gone in the 80s. Yeah. But you I was trying to be kind because I did think the Wolverine, Wolverine was, was great. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially of the three, I think it was my favorite. Yeah. I would agree. For Sabretooth War. Now it's time for general questions. Okay, general questions. Well, uh, first off, JP Didomaso warming our hearts, just thanking the podcast for all the amazing episodes that we produce and awesome. loving the new profile pic. So shout out to Alicia, our in-house graphic designer, for hey. redoing our IG profile pic. And also shout out to Joseph for the kind words, yeah. especially on a week where felt like everything was overwhelming and we were yes. trying to keep up and wanting to put out an episode but life and things and yes and also shout out to art of lucas who i commissioned to design those uh super you know, versions super of ourselves versions of ourselves yeah for sure warline wants to get back to the theory he brought up a few weeks ago enigma potentially affecting moira in her turn to villainy right hmm. he was talking about how appearing outside space and time connecting with and motivating moira is that something that happened and is that what has changed this timeline anas wants to know or wonders if enigma is manipulating even more than just moira hmm i just i'm unsure about enigma's ability to puppet or manipulate people because i haven't had much experience with like how a dominion can interact with the things that are inside time and space and they did talk about that as a as a limitation right is like being outside time and space doesn't give you all access to things right i would not be opposed to the idea that maybe in terms of like a butterfly effect that things that happened in order to for enigma to rise to dominion maybe then did influence the turn of moira like things that had to happen in that for that to happen yeah but i don't in my mind i don't picture enigma like popping Pupp in and influencing moira in some way or, or especially other characters you know i think what you're saying a, a light push in a new path would mm -hmm. be one thing but to say that this now force is taking away character agency and steer it, it just feels like it wraps it all in in this one larger idea which could be because that is what a dominion is you right. know but i feel like that would be disheartening to the experiences that we've read and experienced over the last yeah yeah i couple mean years listen i'm all for burying yourself in a theory and like oh we trying know. to we find know. all your your different ways that it could work so you know keep going with it believe but i don't it's not i i don't connect to it as much as i think you do but Go for it. Go crazy. A underscore Amirian wondering, where is Sebastian Shaw? Yeah, where is Sebastian Shaw? Yeah, he's he's worried about his own life because feel... he joined Orcus and said later. And he got rid of his powers. So uh, Oh, and he he turned on Celine to back Professor Xavier in 
Immortal X-Men. Right. That was the last time when he had his Iron Man suit. And that was the right. last that we've seen of that him. That was last time. I would imagine that he would come back in X-Men Forever, mm. which is intent to be the conclusion and completion of Immortal X-Men. That makes sense. That makes sense. I was I had completely forgotten about that, and I was going to say maybe in the mini because, I mean, not the mini, the uh, Unlimited series, Infinity comic, he'll show up in some relation to Celine, but... Then I forgot he betrayed her. Betrayal. (laughs) And she went back to her old crew. Yeah. Dead people. Vaderino has a question or comment for Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. I know it's not an X book, but on the off chance you bring it up, I'm very intrigued where this will go. Wanda made a jerk move by deleting that letter. But of course, that's where the drama comes in. And I message back to Michael I have not read uh-huh. but I, I did, did buy it for some reason because I forgot that I pre-ordered issue one and just kind of force a habit I was mm-hmm. like yeah it's got people that I know I have a compulsion and here it is yeah so okay I can speak on this a little bit because I actually read it it was there it was in the pile and I did it um here's what I think I think it is interesting that Wanda decided to decided that Pietro didn't need that information Justin's covering his ears. I'm going to do this in like as spoiler free as I can. So I think that it is interesting that she made that decision and it makes sense that that upset Pietro. But I think that like when I was reading the issue, I was really intrigued about the box. But then I felt like we didn't actually get any information about it. And I'm feeling a little bit like this might send me on a wild goose chase that doesn't really give me a satisfying ending. And that's what I'm afraid of. And uh, yeah, but I'm also dying to know what it said, like dying to know because she didn't tell anybody. She just burnt it. Burnt it. She said, no, no, you don't need this, Pietro. It's gone. It's gone. But you know it's here. What? X-Men Unlimited. X-Men Unlimited. King of the Segways. Dun, dun, dun. Number 126. It's a side quest. Betsy's getting it done. Kind of, yeah, right? Well, this picks up right where we last left off with our new team building and mm-hmm. some mutant technology breaking in. Free those UK mutants. Yes, but we Unless arrive. Unless we're a little, little too late. A little late. And uh, someone else has already freed them slash murdered some them guards everywhere just yep. captured them for another way yeah the destruction throughout the cells them wondering so we have shatterstar richter and betsy that's our, mm-hmm. our trio on this infiltration talking about the team danny and thunderbird in a little lover's oh. quarrel about Ooh. thunderbird i thought that was funny yeah uh one of the captive mutants potentially turning on the guards and trying to free the mutants and how this might be a bad PR thing. But then it reveals, no, none of that. It's just the terrible externals, Absalom and Nicodemus. And they're working for Selene. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of testy about that. The Being the underlings, being the, the errand boys for Selene. Yeah, it's interesting because the layers of this is like... At first, we thought everyone was Orcus, and then we thought the externals were working with Orcus, and then there's Selene, who's sort of working with Orcus, but sort of on her own, but then the externals are working for her, so I'm getting, I'm liking that we're getting it, like, peeled back in layers, like, this is what's actually happening, and what I think is interesting is that the kids have made it through, so whatever portal they have that they're transporting these mutant children 
and these mutant captives to Celine. The kids have all gone through, and now the our team, our trio, is about to fight these externals, and that's where we're left off. Right. So I'm excited about that. What What intrigues me is that if the kids all come through, but then no one else follows, like, is Celine going to investigate or send someone else to investigate, mm. or just be like, oh, it's fine, I got got the I people got I needed. I Don't care if those externals ever come back. Not my problem. <laughs> Those were just hired hands and their externals, so if they died, they'll be back. Doesn't matter. Eventually. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoy this X-Men Unlimited story. I was talking about it to Chris on Wednesday at the comic book shop, Rock Hoko's, and was you know expressing my, my love for the story and general frustration that I will never have a physical copy of it in my possession. <laughs> you don't know that. Sure, I guess, if I want to blindly hope. And, you know, maybe post-Krakoa they'll clean up and do some I, printings. I was, we'll just say this. I was having an Instagram conversation with one of the creators, and they also really wanted to go to print. Hey. And I feel like the way that they're doing those title pages that look just like the other title pages means maybe it could, it could, just in case... Maybe. Written by Steve Fox and Steve Orlando. Art by Philip Sevy. Colors, Yen Nitro. Letters, Travis Lanham. Ooh, VCs, Travis Lanham. Shout out to Philip in this. There was the one shot that was the three of them coming into that room. I just, the action poses and the just kind of investigation and, and expression. and. Oh, yeah. I love it. So yeah, it was this one. The, the trio standing up against the externals. Yes. All ready to use their powers. I also swords drawn. Love this one. Of oh, yeah. Like looking down Betsy's sword at yeah. her. This, I mean, this has given the quest vibes with the characters, but not necessarily the, the settings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, like these three together with their swords, with the druid, with, you know, it just feels like. Heavy D&D &D vibes, which yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Steve Bednaz wonders, should I be reading the Infinity X-Men comic? Yes, please, sir, do it. 100%, Steve. <laughs> it's great. It ties in. You are going to be missing details about mm -hmm. Firestar's story from the previous arc and also just what else is going on in the world. So I would say you don't have to go back to the start if you hadn't read right, X-Men right. Unlimited. I will go and try to find the number that would be like the the starting point mm. of Firestar's story. That once the Steves teamed up, it yeah. felt like it got really connected to the larger Fall of X narrative. Yes, yeah, for sure. House of Rhetorica confirms X Men Unlimited remains fun. Yes, agreed. It does. Yeah, no, it's a ton of fun. I feel like that's like a that's a quote that you see on like a commercial or like a park branch. You know, like, right, right. It's on the back of the like book. It, it's yeah, that's like the Broadway. This show is great. Deadline confirms it's fun. It continues to be fun. And I'm like, yeah, it does. Let's market that everywhere. Newsweek says it's a thing. <laughs> you should read it. Speaking about a thing. What thing? <laughs> Wolverine. That's a terrible That's a terrible segue, but we're going with it. <laughs> oh, Wolverine, the Sabretooth War, part three. Violence and Creed destruction. and Logan together again? Oh, man. This is... Love is in the air. We've got a battle-ready cover. Oh, man. The Team X. So 
we we had all those announcements of the Wolverine packs. Yeah. I am still surprised that there's been no mention or reveal of a Team X Wolverine. Well. I mean, I, I know that there still could be. We have Maverick in the only uniform he really ever wears. Mm. These two, I, and, I, and I say that knowing that I love the Jim Lee Sabretooth that they put out with the cowboy looking Wolverine that's fine. But, ah, man, a Maybe team X. one day, Justin, they'll just X. announce a Team X value pack and it'll have Maverick, there's Wolverine. No, there's no such thing as a value pack. I don't they're know. Gonna, what, what combo char- pack. It's going to be four figures and they'll charge you for five. Like, okay, but like, you know what I mean? Value for the box isn't the right art. Yeah, word, yeah, no, but like yeah. a box set. Yeah, of them. box set. Gotcha. That's what I wanted to say. Anyway, let's get into it. Creed and Logan together again. Parental Page. advisory. Page turn noise. Sabretooth's got memories. He's taking us back <laughs> through memory lane, going through nostalgia, going through the times that we're talking about, this Team X lineup. Because Sabretooth is in love with the vicious version of Wolverine. And he feels like Wolverine is in love with himself in that way. That he, he misses. He should be if he's not. Right, right. Like that was when you were the best. You were happy. You were uninhibited. You were free. We were bros. We were killing everything. You were your true self, Logan. <laughs> now back to the real world, you know, mm-hmm. out of your trance and then into the confrontation with mutiny around. I mean, we knew it, right? We knew it was going to happen. All those saber teeth together, somebody's yeah. bound to be PO'd that they are not. Savage Sabretooth calling out, pretty boy's dead, Cap's dead, and for what? We do, on the title page, just to jump around, don't have an X through Cap. Mm. Captain America Sabretooth. Interesting. Is that a a mistake? Is that, I I went back to issue two, we don't actually see him die or bleed. He's Mm. captured by the Krakoan Vines and is the only one with a head taken So could be taken for interrogation. Prisoner. Right. One for one. I don't really care about that guy. I'm keeping your daughter. Yeah. Yikes. The camo. Oh, my gosh. Well, just this, like, standoff between them that's just... You let me lead? Vicious. It's just vicious. Like, they're just, like, literally ripping each other's skin down to the bones. And during this fight, I love the the subtlety of, like, because I got... I was reading, and I sort of missed, like, even though she's right there in the center, the sort box. of missed Laura in the box, and then I get down, and then I'm like, wait, that's the back of Laura's head, and then I look directly above it, and you see her, and it's like, in her little that's such a cool perspective zoom shift, out yeah. or zoom in reveal of, hey, yeah, we did kidnap Laura. She's here. And we get the detail very quick. We shouldn't have broken into that Weapon X facility to get your unbreakable bones back. Right laced with animantium all throughout his body going to be a problem Mm. maybe a problem we've seen hints of the solution for in the final two covers for this event dun 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 interesting but now we have a a title page Sabretooth War part three written by Victor Laval and Benjamin Percy art by Jeff Shaw colors Alex Sinclair letters Corey Petit Lionel Francis Yu and Romulo Fajardo Jr. on the cover. I do want to point out Victor Laval getting top billing in this issue makes me feel like this is certainly from his pen, his perspective, along with the fact that we don't get any Wolverine here, but it is still a collaborative writing project with the ideas at play. So especially with 
our special guests at the end. This mm. makes sense for a Victor-led issue. Yes, for sure. In both ways of the name. We're getting some more flashbacks, and I love the flashbacks. Miami boys. Because I feel like there's such an important look into the depths of Sabretooth's character and the the past bonds. Like, yeah. You know, like, writing-wise, there are certain, like, lines that get pulled that like either saber tooth says to the other saber teeth or to someone else that kind of then get pulled to like a memory that they relate to or a formative moment that kind of creates that philosophy in saber tooth sure and we're getting to see it and also just get to see him reminiscing about good times with his pal logan the boys of summer over here ours is not to question why right. it's interesting because we recently read x-men unlimited number three Mm, which dives yes. into the history of Sabretooth. We were doing a reading for Gray Malkin Lane. Yes. And to really see the the history of Creed, where he comes from, what has made him the way that he is, and Professor Xavier's attempt to rehabilitate this yes. character and how that even ties into the animated series yes, episodes that we started, just started watching it and that's what Charles up. is doing. Right. And, and, you know, and then you see him in his goofy looking smile. He's so happy about what's going to happen in his secret compartment. And you, oh you wonder, could you ever actually rehabilitate or find anything worth finding in this person? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But he loves to mess around with Quentin's head in a box. Quentin's head in a box. Okay. Let's I just... called it. You totally called it, but I just want to like talk about this for a second. So the jokes, <laughs> not even just like outside of Quentin in this situation. Yeah, what I'm really excited about by this is is what I was asking about before was like they were in an Orcus base. They had access to all of Orcus's yeah. stuff. So how did they not have all these other things? And this is that. This is him saying. This is some Arcus tech that I stole. And the idea that, like, you could take Cyclops's head and mount it on your tank. Or, like, what other parts of mutants could it's they like, take? It's like Sinister taken to a, a different level. Like, imagine imagine a giant, like, robot thing hmm. made of a bunch of parts of mutants, like, put together. And it reminds me of that other X-Men Unlimited arc that I would say is absolutely oh. worth going back for. The Hellfire Babies harvesting mutant parts and organs and powers to then use for manipulation right like that, that my is, jaw is like just my mouth is just hanging open <laughs> that's been a part of orcus and or human supremacist fan uh plan since a while back like how do we harness mutant powers for our use right the, yes. this whole idea of we hate them because we're we're jealous you know it's, it's right it's fear and hated but it's also jealousy right and then on top of that you have the whole like idea that it's quentin that's it's his, in there yeah, right and, so you he's know, comes their, with all of his quentin personality their banter back and forth hold me closer dancer. <laughs> it's so good but but what gets me is that okay yes creed you have this thing from orcus and you think that you're so cool for having it and you're like ha 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 quentin but i'm i got full control of you can't do anything that i don't want you to do this is quentin Sure. He is the Omega. He's an Omega-level he mutant. He is so full of the fact that he is the Omega. So if you'd say, Quentin, I have you fully under my control and you can do nothing about it, Quentin is going to be like, ha, ha, ha. Hold my drink. Yeah. Hold <laughs> like, on. Let me just prove to you how wrong you are. Get real, Victor. Because <sighs> this whole page of his 
telepathic burst out to Oya, where we then see the other side as she receives this psychic blast, this message of his experience. Yes. Having been eaten apart in the first issue. Yeah. They have a, a character history, Oya and Quentin, mm. which is great reference here from Victor and to tie that into the exiles. Right. And then as soon as I saw the exiles, I was like, whoa, the, I wasn't expecting that. I, it's so great, right? Because what Victor Laval had been planning to do was a third miniseries mm-hmm. to tie up that story. And that's colliding here with what Wolverine is up against with Sabretooth's birthday present. And we see what the exiles have been doing Right, right. Sabretooth's not the same guy as he has been since the end of Sabretooth and the Exiles. He's right. gone off and done things. And so have the Exiles because they have created a society that's achieving things that Krakoa could not. It's interesting to see this in comparison to the Greenhouse and, and this in comparison to uh, X-Corps yeah. and, and how smaller societies in different ways of governing themselves and in, in smaller groups to converse and and lift up and to work with their powers so i love it but i also have some problems sure because how did these mutants how did the exiles in this group not get forced through a gate when charles made everyone go through was it because they were out in the middle of the ocean yeah there are no gates and there were no gates i I would say it doesn't seem like they're are they still on a ship yes they're on the maroon which is later named it is the ship that they get at the end of that series. So that's that was my only like, but how are you guys all still together? I love the fact that Third Eye comes back and is furthered as an interesting ad from mm-hmm. the Krakoan era, a new character that hope to see furthered as he's like guiding all these other potential telepaths in astral projection. Yes. The council with... Oya and the recruitment of Necra, who has kind of turned a new leaf. Um... Uh, yeah, I'm into Necra's new new uh, voyage. Yeah. You know? It's good for her. She's leading a circuit to save this whale off the side of their boat. It's good stuff. They're all finding new paths, which is, I think, interesting because they bring up this idea of, like, we let go of that. I yeah. like, We let go of chasing Sabretooth. Is this really... Do well, we really need to do that? Like, look at what we've got here. Once we've made peace with that... Right. But Oya is the voice of reason. Imagine what he can do if we let him go. Right. It's a, we know what he's capable of, and, and so we should, you know, stop Stand him. up. We should do the right thing. Oh, God. Laura, trying to get them talking. Like I, I would, you know, it's sad because and we've talked about this. Other people have talked about this. The amount of characterization that Laura has gotten over the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd say almost since Exterminators ended. This actually is some tactics. This mm-hmm. is some character as she's trying to play these betas against their alpha right. by inciting some aggression. Yeah. But unfortunately... Um, Savage Sabretooth says no. Savage Sabretooth is a great name for that character. <laughs> that's that's what she's referred to as on the no, title I page. No, I know, yeah. but I'm just saying like... The, she literally rips Laura's tongue out. It is the and it is, jaw dropper of a panel. What a what a little pun. Yeah, because this is this is earning. You have Ugh. to you have to at least have one page that earns that warning on the cover. I honestly can't look at this one. This one for me is honestly. Wrong. I feel like this is the most like yeah no I'm, I see it. It's really uncomfortable. Just 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 pick it up and put it there and maybe it'll form back together. I don't oh, know how God. healing factors work. 
but whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's so gross. It's okay, so it's happened to everyone. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> it's I can't keep looking at it. Uh, put her back up. Get her out of there. Makes my whole mouth water. This is an insane strategy. Oh as they're walking God. out of the room, Camo and Savage Sabretooth talking about recruiting Graydon Creed and to finish I, his job. And this idea that like we just threw him in some reality and we Whatever. don't really know which one it is. Yeah, you so know, take his spacesuit. We just got to go find him. Even though he was multiverse hopping and murdering versions of his father. Right. Like we need him to murder this version of his father. So we're going to go get him. It's a secret plot between the two of them. I love it. My gosh. And I do like the admission that, you know, Laura is right. Even though she's doing it to piss us off, she's making a lot of sense and we need to do something about this. I don't want to listen to her talk and I don't want to give her the satisfaction. Like, I don't want her to know that we think that she's right. So I'm going to go ahead and do this rip her face off thing. But at the same time, she's right. We regroup our OG exiles, minus Nanny and Orphan Maker. Remember Mm. that they went off at the end of issue five? Yes. So the remaining five coming together, deciding what they should be doing about Sabretooth, how they should retaliate to what he's done to Quentin and And Wolverine. we've got our little killing seed. Killing seed, right? Something that was given. Looks like it came from Mystique's Yeah, just costume. like popped, her, just, popped off her necklace or hey, popped off her belt. There you go. Take, Take one, one of these. <laughs> Murder that guy that I used to bang. It's gonna be great. Great and Creed's also kind of my problem, but oh well. Oh well. I'm over here Murder Mommy ended up. To get our one last flashback page. Oh, and this was beautiful. Such a gorgeous page. Logan misses me. He needs to come home. Oh, my heart. This is, it's a complex level of emotional reaction that's coming from Sabretooth. This this friendship, this brotherly love, this bonded in arms kind of, you know, like we went through it together and we were ourselves. We were free. We were, Victor is an animal. Right. He's been made to be an animal by his backstory by his upbringing right and he saw a kindred spirit in logan yes a lot of similar traumatic experiences in his life and and to see that as someone that he can be himself with right you know that's what we're talking about it's kind of a beautiful moment yeah that's what i uh, so i was gonna say this in my overall thoughts but it feels like it fits better now it's like creed sees this Team X version of Logan. Like he thinks that is Logan's authentic self because it's his authentic self. And right. he he sees himself in that. And I also almost feel like he needs Logan to be that version of himself so he can feel fully comfortable with himself. It normalizes and he, he sees Logan in this like revitalized, rehabilitated, so to speak, version of himself, even though before Weapon X, Logan may not have been as fully animalistic and vicious and murder-loving as Sabretooth. It seems like Sabretooth's always that way, right? Right, right. When Logan was manipulated to be yeah, that way. Logan was was still, you know, kind of a wolf, kind of a, a hunter of kind in the wilderness, but nowhere in the same ferocity Not like of, bloodthirsty. Right. The way that Sabretooth Sabretooth is. and Omega Red 
feel. But Sabretooth is in love with that version of their friendship, that version of their partnership. And all of this that he does is to get that back because he needs the validation of someone else being the way that he is because he knows he can't be that other way. Right. There's no way for him. There's no way for him to tone it down. And and seeing him go through the the storyline with the exiles and have like almost a moment of that, but then be like, no, this is not who I am. This is not real. And like wanting this part of him and Logan's relationship to come back together. Like that's what he's fighting for. That's why he does this birthday thing every year. Like to remind you like Logan, we're disgusting murder loving animals. Don't you remember? Be with me again. Let's (laughs) take down the world together. Yeah. As we close our issue out with some secrets revealed as Quentin has been tapping into Sabretooth's dreams mm-hmm. with some lines of dialogue revisited here and also seemingly sharing a connection to Logan and this map revealed. I have mixed feelings about this. I feel like it might be a trap. Could be. Like I just feel we saw Omega, uh, we saw Quentin get some agency and be able to reach out so is he waking Sabretooth up to show him this thing because he's trapping him in some way you know or he's misleading him and Sabretooth knows nothing of it he thinks oh you're just doing what I've set you out to do like this is what I need I don't know I feel like there's some trickery in there as there should be right yeah. <laughs> you know if if they're going to launch this counteroffensive, and especially with the confirmation from Quentin that he would come alone, he's not going right. to endanger someone else. Okay, well, we have Quentin on the inside. Mm-hmm. How can we leverage that as an asset? Interesting. Yes. Interrogation is our Krakoan for Ooh. next issue. What were your overall thoughts beyond what you kind of got into? Okay, so I loved this issue. Yeah. It's so good. So many twists and turns. And... It has me thinking a lot about what the title Sabretooth War means. On the surface, it looks like it's just Logan v. Creed, but there are so many layers. Graydon being brought back into the mix, the exiles wanting revenge on Sabretooth, the Sabreteeth, and Logan. It's like a war on Sabretooth by everyone else. It's not just about Logan versus Sabretooth. It's really about, like, what is it that Sabretooth stands for and how many people conflict with that and where are they all coming. I do love the love and the jealousy between Sabretooth and and Wolverine, which, you know, I've already really talked about. Mm. And this idea that that he can't really overcome this part of his brain. And so he just wants Logan to to find his vicious instincts and so they can bond together. Um he tried, I think, to replace Logan with the Exiles, and it didn't really turn out the didn't way that, that he wanted. That's not Team X. Yeah, and and he just longs for those days. But I don't know. I just I really like this issue, and I, I really love – like, I like Ben Percy a lot, too, but I really love Victor's writing, and mm-hmm. I feel like this issue took the – how do I want to say this? I think the meat of this Sabretooth war is the internal struggle of Victor and the ways that he has affected the society and the people and the other things around him and how all of that is culminating to everyone's now turning to take Sabretooth down from all different instinct, all different places. So it's like 
a war on Sabretooth versus what he sees it as is him taking down people, right? And I think that that twist was such an interesting, pivotal plot point that happened in this issue that, I th- that I'm that i really now excited about where it was going. And yes, we had the vicious tongue moment that <laughs> it's going to be my Moira skin suit, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. It was really rough for me. Um, Blonde China, we need a cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think it also in that image, it's like her eyes, like... The, like, shocked and, like, painful look in her eyes, it really adds to the whole thing. But I don't know. I really I really enjoyed this issue. I was really happy with it. Likewise, over here, easily my favorite of the three issues. Uh, don't get me wrong. That Laura scene Ooh. was like, damn, it has not been a good month for Laura Kinney out there. <laughs> Any Laura Kinney. In, in terms of pieces building to the larger story, I think this is kind of... Or, or what I got from what you were saying. Like, I love Ben Percy's work. I love setting the table in those opening chapters. But the depth of character and the depth of story reveal in this issue yeah. took it several levels above. The bubbling revolts between the saber teeth. Quentin yeah. being this double or triple agent in his dreams and with mm-hmm. his manipulations. The exiles coming in to finish off their plot. It's all really good. Laura actually having dialogue, playing smart, ultimately paying the price for it but you know that's that's actions and consequences that's right. having agency and, and good character right this was just a really solid issue all around the art was really great i i love jeff shaw i love the looks on Sabretooth's face to really yes. see the madness working in his mind yeah the facial expressions are great the, the, other... the splash pages this this double page splash of the memory yes like i, yeah. I want to post it that's right now so good i also feel like what's interesting is that we got some of this character development for laura and she had this moment and so now i'm like Ooh, when she heals she's coming for you and i can't wait to see it yeah the other thing Side note, as uh, we're talking about Laura and not-so-great weeks for Laura Kinney, any version, we had a little heart-to-heart about oh yeah about Laura Kinney and the OG Laura and who went into the vault and who Talon really is, and we we dove into that on our, our Patreon last week. So it was if a, you want to... <laughs> a realization as I was editing that Talon was the OG Laura that at least I know and love from the stories leading yeah. into the Krakoan era, that... The Laura that's still Laura in here in this issue is the Exterminator's Laura, is the X-Men lineup Laura. But right. all of the history that has been Laura Kinney wrapped up with all of her trauma and experiences in the vault, that made it move me in a way that I had not been aware of or prepared for. Right. So we, we dove into that and I wasn't quite so heartless because I think <laughs> the idea of her name becoming Talon separated her from Laura right. in my mind. And then we really go back and go, oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Captain to Michael with some questions and predictions. Ooh. First, Sabercap is alive? Question mark. It, it seems mark. like it. I don't think that that is an editorial misstep no. on that cover. I feel like that is something that will be revealed in the next issue. I feel like that is what our interrogation is about. Oh, yes. Is Sabretooth going after Gabby? <gasps> Which I think would be a really interesting twist to how to affect Logan's entire family. Ooh. Right? And also, like, where the heck is Gabby? Sure, right? And to also account for a character that we haven't seen 
in a while. Right. Like, if your goal is to take down the whole Wolverine family, yeah, don't leave her out. Right. Because that's rude. Right. And then the version of Laura that has been appearing in Gang War, too. Yeah. Daredevil. Oh, interesting. I just want to see Gabby, like, hi, 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 like, go crazy. Sure, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> I don't, I'm not. I don't think uh, it'll go well no, for her, exactly. but, like, I just want to see her ferocity. Sure, sure, sure. Michael's also pulling the details from Victor's monologue that sound like love in a yes in in a way that we have not experienced from Sabretooth. Yeah, and I don't think it's romantic. I don't think love. so either. It's like brotherly it's, love. It's it's, it's it's seeing yourself. It's like validation yeah. love. It's yeah. seeing yourself in another person and feeling like I'm not alone. And that's what Sabretooth wants. That's why he wants he this needs, version honestly. of Logan because otherwise he feels like what is. How am I just this island of a person? There's nobody else like me. Like, how do I justify my feelings and my rage? Right. Like, you know, like he loves, he longs for that partnership that he had with Logan that made himself feel like validated him. Yeah. Warline celebrating Quentin living up to Gene's legacy, literally pulling a dead, not dead move. (laughs) But he's kind of a rookie at it. Hence why he messed up, which I think is just a great read. Oh, man. Anas wondering what we think Nanny is up to. That something teased in Sabretooth and the Exiles number five that he's eager to see pay off, right? Mm. She she went off. She has this motivation to save all the little mutant the children, the babies, right? All the, the kids that had been captured and had been experimented on. Will she come in in this story, in this end of Krakoa? I hope so. I hope so. And I feel like as soon as the Exiles showed up in the issue i was like "Ooh, we're getting we're getting so much more than we thought with this story and i feel like they will bring all of that together because i feel that it's part of the almost like the legacy that Sabretooth created from his time in the pit and and what happened with those characters like there's got to be a wrap-up of them i don't think that hope so. they're gonna get left in the dust right right if we go back a year ago and you tell me that I'll think a Percy title is the best X book. I wouldn't have believed it, but here we are. <laughs> and it, I think it's that you know we we talk about how much we love Ben Percy's work. I love it. I do want to focus that this is a Victor Laval led issue, which I also love, right? And and that those elements of story coming in are coming in from titles that he penned and mm-hmm. that he's likely playing with on his side of yeah. this collaborative project. They are jamming out together, but. I think it's an interesting distinction with the creative split of art team on Sabretooth voiced issues Mm. versus art team and writer lead on Wolverine voiced issues. Yes. Vaderino going a step further, easily the best book in the series so far. Mm. You know, if Quentin is technically still alive, I don't see why Fang couldn't somehow come out of this. Yay, the exiles are back. (laughs) I think, you know, I've seen Wolverine reattach body parts yeah i yeah sure right like regrow from right a single a drop of blood yeah. right so i would say that that's not out of the question right and yes for sure for fang but not for whoever that guy was that was at the campfire with, with fang, him yeah, yeah, yeah. no sorry unnamed guy but it's, <laughs> it's not, not looking happening. good for you and the exiles coming back was probably the highlight i don't know of the week but it, yeah, was, it, was, it was a really big one Michael loves Mariah Carey calling out the brutal scene of Laura losing her jaw. Damn. We're taking the L this week. It's going to get so much worse 
for Wolvie before it gets better. I like can't talk about it. <laughs> really? Can't talk about it. It's literally <laughs> makes me feel. I feel like it's my Moira skin suit. I'm really feeling that. Excellent. It's what I get for being so like the last issue was like whatever. Squeeze yeah. a kid till his head explodes. Exactly. Fine. And Good. now I'm like, okay, you know what? I take it back. I'm so sorry, everyone. Turtles and Tentacles wondering what ways do they torture Logan this time? And I don't know if they have left the series. They, I believe they were one of the the few last issue. Mm. They're like, I don't know if I really want to continue with this uh, angle right. that they're taking the story. And I think this was really about plotting to yes. torture him even further. And and also just like the, the tethered relationship between the two. Yeah. Blonde China is really digging Sabretooth War. So glad to see our exiles back. Lady Sabes shutting up our girl was brutal. Yeah, so brutal. Talk about leaving her jaw on the floor. But I'm... Yes. A hundred percent. Are you ready to move to the book of the week? Fall of the House of X. You just saying it? You just saying it out all the way? Just you, I could just call it fall. Rise and fall. That's what I also call it. Okay. Fat X. She said it. I'll, I'll be isolating that and playing Please it over and over again. Please don't, because I said it's so weird. Say it. Say it real. Um, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> fall of the House of X. Let's talk about this cover. Bummer. I love the cover. Oh, yeah. The cover is amazing. It's Are you gorge. kidding me? This It used to be my favorite cover of the series until I saw the cover to number five. Oh. Right? And that was just like, oh, okay. You know, Polaris, you have your moment. You have your day right now. But like, come on. Come First on. Nimrod with the dead people everywhere. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Here we go. Page turn noise. Incoming. Yo, Polaris is stronger than your machines, fools. Yeah, and she's brought back up. Yeah. Stace is freaking out as the celestial head starts munching on the bloom. Yes. I loved that detail. It's so cool to think like they have this field that will push things away, but the force field of Polaris pulling it is stronger than their force field pushing it away. Right, her power, her ability. This is not... The same setup that they have for the forge that Magneto was trying to get through in Inferno. This mm-hmm. is a different, smaller outpost of their forces, and she's coming in with the rage. And and they're expecting that, oh, this is the attack we were expecting. So they're ready to battle mutants. Yeah. They are not ready for the brood. The detail where they switched their rounds to Blightswill, yes. and she unleashes the brood. This full page of the brood devouring like I, i'm okay with polaris doing this oh my god i'm genuinely okay with this like, I, wait who is not i mean it's more of a general conversation about murdering oh. these, these characters polaris i am more okay than nightcrawler mm, right i see like this feels like embracing the legacy of my father like <laughs> renaming myself the master of magnetism <laughs> in his really his wrote. loss wrote in my notes in all capital letters i love seeing her take her rightful place as king yeah like that's exactly it and like what you're saying the master of magnetism versus you know before they called her the mistress of magnetism but like no 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 stepping it up i'm the master she's got 
a lot of strength to boast and she's <sighs> out looking for stasis. And she's so just like, I don't know, the, the art is doing such great things for her here because she's like strong and powerful but also soft and calm. Like fluttering through the air. Yeah, like how she's floating over the brood in that one panel where she says, what did we learn today, gentlemen? And then when she like is softly caressing the chin of another one where she's like, where's Stasis? Yeah. We have a date. It like, is a flex of it is power. so good. It really like made me go, oh yeah, I need to figure out a way to make this costume on my cosplay on a budget this year because this is like when I see a character that makes me feel so empowered to be a baddie, you know, it's like, and I was like, this is it. This is, yep, this is why I wanted to make this costume, not just because it's beautiful and cool, but because it gives, she is amazing. She's so powerful. I love it. T -t -t title page the fall of the house of x long games end written by jerry duggan art by lucas wernick and jethro morales colors brian valenza letters travis lanham this is travis lanham pepe Larraz and marte gracia on that amazing cover mm -hmm. the dream team orcus agents with a little bit of a surprise as they're bringing in a captured foe for mm. some some help onto this attacked station but the reveal that oh no that's not bob bub that's not bob bub <laughs> that's not bob bub i am a bob i am a bob <laughs> what <laughs> i love it i the, love the awkwardness of the Colossus. look on logan's face of just like i told you this wasn't gonna work this is dumb this yeah. is stupid but you know it's it the logic of we can sneak on right. and then kill our way off. Right. I can pretend I captured you. It kind of also, rem like, it was giving me let's do get help vibes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's the act like we're one thing and then surprise, we're something else. I, I do really dig this image of Wolverine slashing through a guy and you know, mm. kind of coming at you with the energy that he's using that fist for, the claws kind of curled in. Yes. As our trio taken on. So this is the part that you didn't feel good about? Nightcrawler bamfing in and then bamfing out to say, hold on, I just got to plop this guy into space. I just got to go kill this guy real quick. It just, you know, not feel good. I, I, I guess I get it. It just feels like a massive contradiction to his history as a character. I don't okay. know that we've ever seen him kill someone. Okay. And maybe I would be curious of uh, looking that up, but I don't. Like, I just, in my heart... This feels like not the way, and and even just the way. So it, it like kind of contradicts itself mm -hmm. at a couple points. There's this this moment from Colossus who I have seen kill people before, right? And he says, "You can't even get off, right? The spaceship, you know that that has left the building." And then a couple pages later, Polaris lets the escape pods go because she's not terrible she wants to give people second chances just not the people when she's making a statement right right she wants to make sure the numbers have dwindled but now you guys go, go on and speak set, of spread my message right right speak of let them know the grace that i let you live and <laughs> yeah. the the realization of the three of them seeing the brood being on their side right rampaging through orcus agents like, oh, uh, yeah, Brew is in control, I think, slash hope, slash I'm just going to say as Polaris steps up. No, no, boys, they're mine. Yeah. 
I'm well, in charge I'm here. here with Brew, but like it's me doing this. And like I love when she's like, I know this isn't really the little plan we made in the tunnel, but I just kind of went off on my own. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. I've been doing my own thing. I was struggling with what was going on, and I figured we all we all need all the help we can get. So why not just throw a wrench in the plan? Firestar reveal. It's the most Gene thing I've ever heard. Right, the the running <laughs> yes. gag that we've seen now twice, and I wonder if it'll come up again. Right, and I do love that we got at least the nod where Polaris was fully there to kill Firestar because it's true. Like not everybody knew, right? right and right. so now she's finding out. No, no, Far- Firestar's on our team. But then there's also this couple of notes about Ooh, I got a bad feeling. Where is she? Where is she? Stasis later on saying you can't kill me if you ever want to see her again. Does right. he know that she? He's not actually on his side. Did right. something change? Did... Yeah. It's like, I feel like something happened off panel that I'm right. scared about. And that they're going to pay off. Interesting. Oh, Emma, Emma, sure. Emma, 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 Emma. Emma, aware of it all, calling the shots Taking from New the York. dogs out for a walk. <laughs> Shout I out. I love it so much. Shout out to her husband's machines. Yes. Oh, God. And Kane, Juggernaut, freeing Krakoa from the Sentinels. Yes. I love this diversion. This, this, everybody's calling their own shots. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, you know, the plan was great. We spent all those months, all X weeks in the tunnels plotting this plan, but we're all improvisers. Yeah, we're yeah. all just going to go, hey, wouldn't Manifold be real great right now? Oh my God. I love that moment. I love this moment when Gambit's like, you know that thing you weren't supposed to tell me about me? But totally be, told me about. Now would be a good time to do that? Yeah. And Rogue's like, ah, oh, yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go. Do That's that. why I keep you around is because you remember the details. <laughs> it's like me and you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it is. Sorry, Emma. We are going to desert you in this plan that we all put together. And I swear it'll be worth it. it I, it's basically Rasputin leaving for Charles mm-hmm. Xavier's plan. Just another iteration of it with Polaris doing her own thing, Rogan Gambit doing their own thing. How does anything get done here? I don't know. But Sink is there to fill in the gap a little bit. And he's bringing the power of Iceman with him. Mm-hmm. Because I believe Iceman is still dead or lost or vapors or... Yes. Slowly pulling himself back together, TBD. Now, before, did we know that the no place was under the, that they, that where they buried Manifold was in a no place under the mansion? B- mansion was not something that I knew. Right. I assumed, and I wanted to go back but didn't, I assumed that it was underneath the treehouse just mm. because of Rogue's position as an X-Man at that moment. Right. But... Under the mansion would make more sense because it's a more remote and removed location, right? So who is really going to the mansion now? Plus also he's up the mansion. Right. But we see it get destroyed here. But then at the same time, how many times has the mansion been destroyed? Probably millions. Tons tons of times. Okay. Laktuka crazy nonsense. Okay. Yeah. And... Okay, so I, I have issue five open. Mm-hmm. The first panel is the treehouse. Ah. And they're talking. Everything will change. Rogue is in this treehouse as by the art. Interesting. And so I don't know if they're trying to say that this water in or under the treehouse connects to the Xavier Institute. Maybe there's Maybe. a, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just a mistake. Well, it is what it is. But... We wake up Manifold. We're like, hey, Manifold, we sort of um, 
put you in stasis. I love the fact that he is aware of how much time has passed because of the placement of the oh stars. Oh my god, it's amazing. This he, is such a cool interpretation and read of his abilities. Right, because he's so like immediately connected with the universe that like Speaks to he the looks universe. up at the sky and he knows. He's like, Whoop. Where am I? When am I? What happened here? What's going on? This is not quite right. And so... Blows Rogue back. In in a shock to everyone, I read this issue top to bottom two whole times before the recording of this episode. Partially because I needed to understand what the heck happened on these, like, this two pages of... of Face peeling nonsense. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, uh, there are a couple of details I do want to point out before we get into the face peel. The fact that Remy says that we could kill Manifold and restart the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, so funny, Remy's though. down. Remy's, yeah. you know, wherever is best for us to be ourselves, I'm down. <laughs> but, okay, so let's talk about Manifold's vision, his dream, yes. his... So this is happening in his mind. It's like a time freeze consciousness Exactly. Thing. He has come back to awareness, been brought back. I don't want to say brought back to life, but he's, right. you know, like been revived back from his unconscious state. Right. Reanimated, and so to Lactuka speak. Lactuka takes this opportunity and kind of freeze frames. We get this confirmation on the other side where Gambit's like, it looks like he's just yeah, sleeping like, or happening? not paying attention, right? So he is having a conversation with his sister, quote unquote, right. his family because of this connection that they share in speaking to the universe. The parallel being Manifold is said to speak to the universe. Laktuka sings to mm, the universe. Interesting. And and this conversation about how they have a more adept read on the universe than Destiny does. Mm. But even her crude understanding of where things were going let her know that hiding you at that moment was the best possible choice to make for your right. survival and, and I, for the mutant survival long term. And I love the layering of like, this isn't like, it's like the first face that you see is Rogue, but then the peel back of Rogue's face to reveal Destiny is the like, mask, Destiny yeah. is behind this. Like right. Rogue did this on Destiny's behalf. So you need to see that Rogue is here, but you need to see how Destiny folds into this. And then you need to see how me... Lactuka is here to reveal to you tell, that this is all good. Yes, to tell to ease your mind yeah. about this, but you need to see the layers. And I think that that's really cool that there's this conversation, but also this visual representation of the layers of this plot. That it's not at first what it seems, and behind that, it's even more than that. Yeah. Does that help? Does that? Yeah. Yeah. Know, and I think the second time, yeah. the second time I read it too, I was, I was more clear the pause of time and the sort of freeze frame that happened but the first time i just kind of went what the what and yeah, then yeah, kept yeah, going because yeah. i wanted to know what else you know what happens next i do want to pause for a second and just love on rogue's new look or or classic look yeah. right this has shown up at the end of uncanny avengers and now through the first couple of issues of here and manifold just reacting to the incoming sentinel mm -hmm. attack and getting them out of there there's just so many artistic details that I really appreciate. Yes. A handful of folks online and at least one or two in the comments saying that this feels different from Lucas's general artwork. Mm. It feels like it's been moved along quickly, that there are things that look a little chaotic and rushed. Oh, interesting. Which I would agree that at times that it does, it has a different look. And I don't know if that is potentially a different colorist than 
previously or Maybe. the the second artist that is completing some of the things or doing some of the pages here i can't really tell where lucas is not the penciler and jethro is well if we were looking like side by side at at like this one page where the sentinel comes and there's the scraboom like those top two panels i would say is where you can drastically see the difference in that like the panel to the left of rogue and remy that looks more lucas whereas like rogue over her shoulder with manifold and remy that looks less lucas if i'm specifically looking at rogue's face but I think that, I mean, it could be the colors. Logistically, I, I don't think that they would divide a single page right. like that. But but I think, actually, I don't think that page is Lucas at all. I don't know. It's really, you're it's, right. It's hard it to is, tell. It is hard to tell, but I also think that what I liked about this is that it ha- it still has the beauty of Lucas's work, like how he, the elegance, but also that it does look a little bit grittier. Sure. And I think that that's, that's intentional. intentional. Yeah. You know, like I think that that They're might be an artistic choice of like, th- things are not sunshine and rainbows. And like, like the, the images, I think specifically of Polaris, especially in the beginning, you know, like I was saying, like that idea of her just like floating among these gruesome, terrifying yeah, yeah, yeah. creatures. That, that's like, definitely Lucas in the way that he draws everyone yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Even, that. even Emma, in that bottom oh, panel, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I'm Emma. That, I'm just obviously Emma-ing about. But Polaris isn't murdering people now, guys. She's letting you get away. Firestar threats while Stasis is escaping. <laughs> Stasis with the throwing up the three fingers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if those are supposed to be like fake Wolverine claws. They're Wolverine claws, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so funny to me where he's like, he's... oh, you can't get me and you can't get Firestar without me. <laughs> He gets away for another day. We see some preview art of him in X-Men Forever Mm. coming up. Stasis, stasis. I also love the digs at stasis where they keep calling him like a sinister sinister. clone. Like, where's that fake sinister at? Yeah. As MODOK gets his last moment (laughs) and says, hey, you know, I'm just going to cross that T and dot that I and then Mm -hmm. escape with a data page reveal at the end. Oh, and then we have, so we got a little earlier in the issue, these like, you know, so-and-so juggernaut's going to get Krakoa. P.S. Kate is going to save Cyclops. Cyclops. And then you come to this moment where Omega uh, Sentinel is about to decapitate Cyclops. And, you know, my heart is saying, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Kate's going to like, what? pop up from the ground and pull him through the ground and Omega Sentinel's going to swing and miss or what's going to happen? Uh, no. no. None of that Twist is going to happen. Twist and a half. Because freaking Gregor's going to come in and just EMP Omega Sentinel to the ground. Which is a wild change, but so also seeded in the reveals mm-hmm. of issue one and in the reveals of previous conversations that we know the ai plot yes like she went she went back to her room and she had a good old think about what little hints cyclops was dropping and and what kind of there was that one bit where omega sentinel and nimrod went to sentinel city to celebrate with the rest of the sentinels like there is a secret part of orcus that she is unaware of right and that she not only is she unaware she's aware but she doesn't have access to right you know and that's like concerning sure right especially as nimrod breaks out of his amber prison and teleports back to sentinel city and then we get this ending quote from gregor the mutants took everything from me 
everything. And I've started to wonder what exactly I risked it for. Yeah. Like, who are you actually fighting for? You know, what it's interesting to hear her to come at Cyclops in that interrogation in the first issue and still be holding on to the fact that they're the reason that her husband died. And then to have this twist of information, like I feel like her brain is, is twisting and she's saying, you're not the reason my husband died. These AI puppeting me are the reason. And like, what exactly am I mm. fighting for? Right. You right. know, it's mixed. It's it's all over. Yeah. It's big. It's Rise of the Powers of X as our Krakoan and uh Modoc fleeing data page. <laughs> His resignation letter. You know, I was I was here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. And I'm out. I got other fun plots in my future if anybody wants to join, but uh I can't be pr- I, love, I can't be a part of this anymore. I love the send-off recruitments of like Stasis saying, "Yeah, we're probably going to dissolve Orcus at some point, but if you're bigoted enough to stay and want to do some crazy mm-hmm. things with us later, we'll have applications on a table with yes. some donuts." Also, like, the note from MODOK, like, this was basically done with speak to text while I was fleeing, so, like, typos be damned. I don't care. I'm <laughs> out. What'd you think? Oh, man, 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 man. What an issue. I actually read it twice. Wow. It felt like a, it felt like a huge zoom out, but it was also the hype and the progression and the fast-paced, like, action that Everywhere. we've been craving. Yeah. We're now in the heat of war and we're seeing all the pieces and all the teams come together and we're still getting twists. Seeing the crumble of Orcus from the inside out, which is going to be in my mind a huge factor in what happens next. I appreciate the acknowledgement from Polaris that the plan isn't quite what they thought, but that the team is still working and riffing off each other. I'm so excited for what comes next. I'm scared for Firestar, and I want to know what the heck is up with Sentinel City. Oh, yeah. I just feel like this issue was so well done, and I think I... Reading it a second time was really good for me because reading it the first time felt a little overwhelming, a sure. little bit like because all of the all these minis are moving really slowly and then the these like main books, Fall and Rise, seem to be moving really quickly that sure. like the drastic difference between those kind of feels jarring at first. But then when I went back and read it a second time, I was like, no, this makes sense. This is what we want. These, at least this is what I want. These anchor points of revving up the story that are happening with fall and rise and then you're getting the details in the minis i think is is how i'm looking at it now and like i needed that second read to like let everything settle because the first read felt like whoa whoa what what oh my god yeah yeah. everyone's everywhere what's happening yeah i saw people comment and heard from people about the the chaos Mm. of this issue almost like these different vignettes were being thrown together with the the through line of we're all just in conversation, which is a little chaotic, very different from the other titles in the fall of X line, but makes sense for the purpose of this book being the all out war that we've been planning, the retaliation that we've been leading up to against Orcus. This was chaos and action in a good way mm-hmm. a stark difference from x-men last week and i think that is an important part to call out like i know i and several others were maybe not upset but less than thrilled with the pace of the last x-men issue or two that it just mm-hmm. it felt like low stakes cleaning up things right. versus this that feels 
like the big picture fight that we have been teased with mm-hmm. since the Hellfire Gala. Yes. And this if is you, the war we want. Right. If you look at it, is that not what these titles should be doing? Right. Right. X Men is tending to the plots that Jerry set up and or had still left unmanaged, untied off. Mm hmm. Sink and Talon, High Evolutionary, all of the bits that had been kind of brewing, these are the character moments. And then those characters will come in to this, the final battle. And even in those character moments, there there are battles. You know, you right. see that Nimrod fight. You have the fight, if you want to call it that, against the High Evolutionary. Right. I think that it is something to, to call out that I said while editing. And Mr. Tyler Seven also called to... That bloodied room scene Mm -hmm. was that sink unleashing after returning back from Counter-Earth, destroying the room with his claws and Mm. not having the ability to sew himself back up again. That's why there's blood. That's why there's destruction. It's him, the raw feeling after returning. It's a lot of work to put on the reader to put those things together, but maybe we'll get confirmation later on. Yes. I think that that's our answer, though. All that to say, I really enjoyed this issue. I hear... People saying that it's choppy or the threads are being smashed together at this scale. But this is the chaotic frenzy of location that we've been building to. This is the thing that is what we want. Right, right. I think each of the titles are the threads. And then this is like the ball of yarn. Sure, yeah. You know, or like this is the sweater we're knitting. This is our blanket. This is our war quilt. (laughs) For sure. J.P. DiDomaso wondering if we're supposed to know what Sentinel City is, or is it a new development? I mean, let me tell you, before you answer, because yeah, you probably yeah. have the answer. Sure. I wrote down, what the heck is Sentinel City? Sure. So I, and then I'm pretty sure, like, this morning when I was, like, asleep slash awake, like, I kind of had, like, a dream that was, like, you know Sentinel City. <laughs> You've been to Sentinel City. But, like, I honestly don't know. I, I feel like when I first woke up from that dream, I was, like, Sentinel City. And then it's gone now. So I that might have just been craziness. But <laughs> I believe, and I, I didn't go back to find every instance of reference because it does not have a wiki page. Mm. But it has been at least developed before it was called Sentinel City. Mm. So in House of X, okay. See, there I is you count on you. a part of Mercury that is where a lot of drones, Sentinel drones are. They, mm. they call back these drones when the X-Men are attacking the Forge. And it's too far. They're too far to be able to reach them in time because they're coming from Mercury mm. instead of being near the sun. And, and having to travel all that distance, right? Mm. I believe that that is what we've never seen, but I think that they're like mining material and, and just developing mercury. That is like their base of operations that has been starting to be referred to as Sentinel City. Interesting. We don't know too many details about what goes on there, what the hierarchy of structure is. I think we can assume that Nimrod and Omega Sentinel run everything, and yeah. maybe even now Moira is... You know, does she consider herself a sentinel or just like an AI? Where does she fall? Yeah. Well, the other thing I was just thinking as you were talking was I wonder if Sentinel City is a thing from Omega Sentinel's future that she's now started building with Nimrod. You know, like this is a thing that we didn't start building until later in my timeline. And so we need to start making this happen now. Develop the resources that are already there because of Orcus's involvement. It's also interesting to try and place 
because Omega Sentinel has always been Omega Sentinel from her timeline. Right. She came online early than would have Karima otherwise mm-hmm. with that knowledge of the timeline that the mutants won. Here are some ways that she is trying to make it so that that does not happen. And the other thing that's interesting is that if Sentinel City is somewhere else, like if it is on Mercury, if the are the AIs trying to they're trying to become a Dominion, so they don't necessarily need to be on Earth. Right. Because at first I was thinking, like, if they're trying to take over Earth, why are they doing it in space? But they're not. Right. Yeah. Got it. They're, okay. they're just, they're setting up their own, own camp and maybe they'll come for yours once they're ready. Well, I don't know. Maybe somehow in my dreams I had a future premonition of what Sentinel City was, but it's gone now. But I know that I <laughs> dreamed about it. I know that myself was like, it was like one of those like skies opening, like, yeah. oh, moments of like, this is Sentinel City. And that's Welcome all I remember. To Sentinel City. <laughs> Joseph also wanted to know if that was Sink using Iceman's powers or Iceman himself who made his return. And I believe that it is Sink. I think Emma says, glad to see you and Iceman's powers. Yes, she does. Uh, I would be surprised if Iceman just kind of comes back unceremoniously, especially mm. even compared to X-Men Unlimited, where right. we see the bone in a camera oh, and yeah. they're like, is this Marrow? Right. And we get at least some confirmation that Danny is in conversation with Marrow. Right. It's interesting because there are characters that we don't have tabs on. It's also interesting because... The realm of X team, like they're slowly appearing, right? right. So like Danny was there, then Mary. Mary came back. Then we have this slight mention of Marrow, and now we've got magic on a cover. So then and it's curse like curse will never be seen again. Where's curse? Where's dust? Yeah, Warline's worried that Duggan may have lost the plot. I can buy Kate killing people to a minor extent, but never Kurt. And I saw that and agreed a thousand percent. You know, I, I try to. This, this goes back to just process. Mm-hmm. I write my reactions. I write my my feelings before I read anybody's questions, right, thoughts. Right, of course. Because I don't want to be influenced by what other people are thinking until we have that conversation where we can be inspired by and right. dissect mm-hmm. with our... But that was the thing that... And it's only in a panel. But it's also... It's, it's kind of like the questioning of, are we... We're okay with this? We're okay with this? I don't know. We're okay with this? Yeah, I feel like... Okay. So saying that he lost the plot, I feel, is a very broad statement for saying that you're uncomfortable with a character Well, those, those are two different statements. Okay. So I think you to be where Kurt is right now is the question. Is Kurt, has Kurt lost himself? Has Kurt lost the old version of himself of like what he went through as he was doing uncanny Spider-Man things, the things he went through with Mystique of, of you know... Uh, the, the battle at the end of Uncanny Spider-Man, where that led him and where he is now. Are his morals in question in this moment of a character? Or is that just, was that just a a choice that the writer made that doesn't sit well with some people, right? Like that's, that that is a good question. But I'm not sure where the comment of losing the plot comes from. I don't know. I mean, I have expressed how I feel about Kurt. In this issue and right. and don't think that it is natural to how I would imagine this character would be pushed. Uh, I'm not too concerned about him losing the plot because I feel like the plot is massive and is now taking place across multiple issues. So the plot is attack Orcus. Mm-hmm. You know, the plot is 
weaken them from multiple angles with his next comment being about the fact that Emma, not Hazel, calling Tony her husband with the reinforcements of the Iron Man Sentinels being the distraction and needing to, to, you know, like these are all pieces of the larger plot that is the retaliation against Orcus's attack at the Hellfire Gala. And I think that Emma, I mean... Emma's out there now, and everyone knows it's Emma and Tony. Yeah, yeah. Hazel's enough, no, nothing. And Th- that was more of like their relationship. Yeah, and I, I guess like I, I see what you're saying. Like Nightcrawler could have like bamfed that person like inside into a, a holding cell, cell. Or, yeah. or into a into a room behind a glass or something like gotten them out of the way. Without... Something more in character to how we know Kurt. Yeah. And I get that war changes people. It's just, that is a fundamental contradiction to the character that I have known since I was a child. Yeah. Okay. That's valid. I think it didn't affect me as much because I have Don't seen... have as much connection. Yeah. And me. I've seen Kurt in the Krakoan age just be really confused about who he is. Sure. So... Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that's a positive thing. It just feels like a, a lack of knowledge of the character right, right. at times. Uh, and I was also calling out Sentinel City being rumored as important to the end previously, which I think mm. is an interesting call out. Vitorino's heart is warmed by the casual murder of human supremacist fascists. <laughs> but the biggest hit is Manifold slash Lactuka. I I have no idea how they're talking to Manifold in his dream, but I love it. Mm. Also, seeing that Rogue did not lie to Remy makes me so dang happy. I Marriage counseling works, y'all. Mm-hmm. And it does. There, oh, there's so many like emotional beats in that. And I feel like calling them out and distinguishing them really makes you appreciate what is going through this issue. These different relationship touches and nods to the characters and where they're going. Right. And I just feel like there's also like such a truth to that in relationships. Like I have had friends say things to me like, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell anybody and then go, but I know you're going to tell Justin. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah, because Justin's my person, you know? So like to think that Remy wouldn't be told is, you know, one thing if you're thinking about maybe Rogue's like loyalty to her mothers, but at the same time, like Remy is her husband and Remy is her confidant and she's going to tell Remy everything. Right, right. Gene Queens really need comics which have a little song playing, like those musical birthday cards. <laughs> we would have bought a hard copy of this if Eye of the Tiger played as an instrumental once you read the first few pages of Polaris showing up. And that is amazing. <laughs> I want scores to my comics. I've We've thought and talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Like There are folks that will listen to music yeah. and or there are creators that will published playlists that inspired the creation of different titles and i feel like those are amazing companions of media who was doing that was it leah williams who did that for Uh, exterminators and and kieran has done it for most of immortal al has done some stuff for x-men red i love that stuff that's awesome are we seeing polaris's attitude toward human life and the value of it drop do we think that this is happening across the x-verse kind of getting to mm. that conversation of well you know how much can we take it and what is allowed in retaliation i think for polaris particularly what i got a sense of in this issue is less about her relationship to humans and human life and more about her relationship to her father and wanting to honor her father's message and dream and his mantle and and fill that spot. I mean, you're seeing that with 
the master of magnetism. You're seeing that with her new look. You're seeing that with her in her orb of magnetism and just the like looming presence that she has. And I mean, in turn, that does mean that she doesn't value human life as much as she values mutant life. But I do think that if Magneto was there, like the Magneto that is the the ultimate villainy Magneto, he would have just killed every single one of them and not cared about it, right? So there is still that little bit of a layer of, there's a little bit of a difference as far as their view on humanity there. but And, And just their execution of their actions. Right, but I think that her actions are stemming from honoring her father and filling the void that is missing while he is gone. Um Instead of it coming from a motivation of like, I just have to kill all the humans now. But to the point of it spreading through the X-verse, I think we are seeing that, right? We are seeing Logan kills whatever he wants. Right. Colossus, you know, a little questionable. Kurt, again, I don't want to harp too much on it, but this is... Well, Kate. I mean, Kate has been uncut since X-Men 25, yeah, right? she and, just went, oh no, bye. And that goes back to her roots as possessed by Ogun and mm-hmm. training as a ninja and I love that so right. I'm, I'm not maybe it's just a part of the culture and conversation now that you know I think that there's something to be said how much can you do and we just lie and take it you know right. like goes back to issue one of House of X did you really think we were just gonna sit around and take it no right. we're gonna stand up for ourselves and they they've they're witnessing in a different way this the vision of Charles Xavier and the idea of this nation that was their own that they could have a sovereign nation and they could just live their own lives and even that isn't allowed and even that causes more destruction and so i think it definitely hits it's hitting a nerve of like how much like what can we do to make you people happy we literally have to be gone we we have to be extinct for you to feel okay with uh, with life like no i'm not here for that yeah furious needs an ice pack or a cold shower my oh my is Lorna so damn hot. That's right. It's true. That's right. He was disappointed with Fatox number two, largely because of disorganized writing. The reveal with Cyclops being rescued could have been split so that the almost execution look like it happens early in the issue and then the cliffhanger is resolved with the appearance of Dr. Aaliyah G. Alicia could sing here. She's not the rapper Ali G. <laughs> I love that Furious gives like, and, and I feel like yes. the Gene Queens have done that as well. Like This would have threaded the storyline into the issue so well as it stands, it feels kind of rushed at the end, which I think would be an interesting pacing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, is it, is it the bombastic blast of that cover mm. being enacted in those first few pages that Jerry wanted to orchestrate it? It's all ideas and reflections that we have after the fact i think is interesting furious is also super worried for firestar she's no longer seeing as no writer seems to like her that much i could totally see her being killed for dramatic effect she can never be killed off to motivate a male teammate by the way angelica has too much microwave game to ever be fridged which (laughs) made me laugh out loud i also think lorna using the same line as Shadowcat to diffuse her bloodlust for firestar which is meant to be an adept running joke, felt flippant and heavy-handed. If we polled a thousand X-Fans about whether getting Firestar to be a double agent is the most Jean Grey thing they've ever heard, would we get a yes? Can Justin please make a poll one day? I feel like <laughs> uh, the the idea... Okay, 
first of all, I love all of this. I love it. But just breaking down the idea of the most gene thing ever. Sure. I think what is the most gene thing ever is rewriting memories and history to while dead. Yeah, like like in her final moments of death, like doing this crazy mind thing for the betterment of society. Being the, the strategic leader the X-Men need right, going forward. Right. I think that is the most gene thing ever versus making a double agent is the most gene thing ever. Sure. Yeah. But that's just a nitpicky. I, I'm here for it. <laughs> One More Summer thinks that Gillen's enigma made the threat of Nimrod and Orcus irrelevant. And I think that that's interesting. You know, I, I do think that Enigma changes the threat level extremely. But I do also think that even with Enigma, we still... Enigma is fighting for all time. Mm. Like, we're fighting Enigma for all time everywhere. We still need to fight and defeat Orcus for right now. Because even without Enigma there, we are up against this plot. Right. But it, it does... If it does Orcus, change the size of threat with Enigma in the looming in the deep space. For sure. But if Orcus wipes out all of mutant kind before they have the opportunity to take on Enigma, then they have no opportunity to save anyone or themselves from Enigma. Yeah. So there's that. And also, I'm not sure how clear the line is between what we know as readers about the separation between Enigma and Orcus and what the characters know about Enigma versus Orcus. I don't think they think Enigma is associated with Orcus. Is that what you're saying? Right. But do they they know everything. They, do, do the characters know that Enigma is created because of the rise of the four different Sinisters and that I think that Enigma is, uh, is in the same way that Firestar is not read by all. That is information only held by a handful of mutants. Right. Likely just Xavier's team. Right. So I think and that's... And people in the White Hot Room, maybe. That's part of it, right? Is that like not everybody knows of this threat and is understanding of the larger picture so they're still battling orcus yeah so i think i think one more summer is reacting to as a reader got it it's undercutting the threat of orcus and nimrod because we have this big looming mm -hmm. bad that is the end of everything yeah that's fair adriel ranger wants beast to make an appearance in fall of the house of x and i wonder would that be bouncing blue beast or war criminal beast I don't know. I, I don't know, but I don't want it. <laughs> you don't want it? I don't I, I don't think we'll it. get it because I believe the Beast storyline will be wrapped up in X-Force. I would like Bouncing Blue Beast to kill Evil Beast and then just be put on pause until everything <laughs> comes back. And then we can, till, till the fall is over, whatever happens next. Sure. Darren is just a teacher calling out the family connection as Polaris feeds humans to the brood. The apple didn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> Master of magnetism for the win. Yes. Yeah. Woo. That, that's the justification, right? Yeah. That's the connection. It's, it's so good. Legacy. Mike loves Mariah Carey's comics are on fast forward. I loved the Fall of X issue this week. And it was, mm. it was like speed reading. Yeah. It's just like, what happens next? What's going on? Right. Well, that's part of why I had to read it a second time because I was so like, yeah, 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 turn the page, turn the page that I needed to be like, wait, what did I just read? Yeah. <laughs> Curls Comics cheers that Lactuka reveal all exclamation points. What would a combo with Eden look like? Mm. Is that how Orcus falls? Interesting. Curls also goes on. Wondering if Eden was hidden away because he communicates with the universe and so he can affect the Dominion. Mm. Outside time and space. 
relevant to our universe? I'm not sure. Interesting. I love I it. Like that. I love I like the question. That's something yeah. thinking that I wasn't considering before. That's why I love the con- this part of the conversation. Sure. Because all, all y'all have such good insight and ideas that just takes me to places I wasn't even thinking. Really loving the symbolism of Cain saving Krakoa, which mm. I, I wholeheartedly agree, right? He was denied access to this island initially by Xavier, even when he was brought in to the well, Legion of X, yeah. right? That was almost as a middle finger to Charles. Right. Even when like, the only reason you voted for Juggernaut to be on the X-Men was as a middle finger to Charles. Yeah, it's 100% why I did it. Yeah. Um, But I'm glad that I did. And I forgot completely to comment on this when we were going through the issue, but like juggernaut with one of cable's guns yeah, yes. <laughs> like the fact that he was like yeah i'm totally ready for this because i borrowed one of cable's guns i'm, I'm a like, sentinel killing machine that's scary <laughs> edward the third wondering is it just me or did the art on fathox seem rushed or unfinished in many panels still my pick of the week due to anticipation of it but i kind of felt let down by this issue i almost felt like we're missing an issue of iron man that should be read alongside this one which is interesting because doggy paddling, seeing that as well with the editorial note calling back, quote unquote, to an issue that's not yet out, mm. Iron Man number 15. And I don't know if that's just pacing or it's just, hey, that will be completed or, or that'll follow up here. It's it's weird in terms of pacing. It's the rush that we're talking about, right? House of Rhetorica taking it a step further. Fatox is a thing dot, 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 that exists to show how terribly taxing editorial mandated rush stories can be, right? They're moving at a pace that might not have been initially planned, even if this is where they were building to as they are going to the, as Bleeding Cool calls it, the cancellation of all the X-Books and the end of Krakoa. Rough. Right. I don't know if I agree with the fact that the art looks rushed or unfinished. Um... I mean, obviously, everyone's opinion is valid, but I didn't get that at all. Sure. Blanchina knew Duggan couldn't help himself mentioning Polaris's coffee habit. Because, uh, couldn't he? <laughs> LMAO. I have to tell you, so I made that little meme of like coffee first, Orcus later. Yeah. And I just made it because I knew that new comic book day was coming and I knew and that Polaris it was going to be Polaris. Yeah. And I had those images from the Christmas thing that I did with Dylan. And I made it and then I didn't even know, like I didn't even know there was an... Orcus coffee line in the book and it just made me more excited yeah yeah it's called the lance hello loves it as well the fact that lorna will always find coffee fills me with joy <laughs> rufi o'connor absolutely loves lorna getting a big role especially as she's been around longer than anyone other than the o5 let's effing go yes. polaris yes but Uh-oh. still so sad. Oh, this could have been Avengers Endgame. This could have been Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. Instead, we're getting Halloween Resurrection or Fear of the Walking Dead Season 8. Oh, no. <laughs> I think we're still building to an epic collection of these bits. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting to point out how off the rails the initial plan is getting. Right? What we were right. talking about are people just improvising their own routes. Michael, the walking <laughs> <laughs> that was like that hurts that reference. I just was like, yeah, I don't think I even got past season four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still hoping it all pulls together and gives us our epic Krakoan finale. But as Magneto said in X Men Volume Two, Number One, I am hoping for the best, but I am prepared for, for the, the worst. worst. Poetic. Magneto made some valid points. I'm wearing the shirt you specifically are. for Polaris. 
and because it's purple. Polaris. Whoa. That was, you know, I just, I love a two-issue week when it's got that much to mm. dig into. When it's got the the character motivations, when it's got layers of action, when I believe that that was a longer issue. Yeah, it, it felt that's, like That's more issue. pages than a 22-issue, 22-page uh, issue. But that was intense. I loved it. It was a good week of comics. What's next week? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, that's my job. Yes. Well, we we have two. Two of them. Again. I'm liking this two comics pace. It's good. I mean, I have like four or five comics. That but... is your own personal <laughs> problem. <laughs> X-Force number 49, Wonder Man and Bouncing Beast blasting through the cover. Okay. Where has Hank gone? Recruiting his friend, it seems. I guess we'll find out. And Rotpox number two following up. Rise of the powers of X. I'm also rocking Gods number five and Ultimate Spider-Man number two for a Hickman double dose. Okay. As I was just kind of like crying as Hickman's doing his own thing as (laughs) Krakoa's ending. It's really Uh. just making me realize that as they're side by side. But, you know, that's me and what I'm working through. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Gang Wars continuing with a bunch of side books that I don't pick up. Oh, my gosh. I'll read them on Marvel Unlimited. Well, thanks, y'all, for continuing to nerd out with us as we watch Krakoa fall apart. and um, (laughs) We try and hold it together. Yeah, we try and hold it together. Don't forget to check out our Patreon and our Public page. Until next time, old friend. Charles outside of time and space. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>